Hello, and welcome to episode 623 of the official EstablishTheRun.com podcast. My name is Adam Levitan, as always, joined by Evan Silva ahead of Thursday's NFL kickoff. Team by Team Pods, baby. They are back. Evan, how's it going? Yeah, we just put the AFC one in the books, talked extensively about Travis Kelsey. Now on to the NFC. Yeah, each Tuesday, Evan and I sit down and go team by team, discussing everything we saw from the previous week in terms of usage, performance, anything relevant for fantasy. This will remain on the free feed through the season. Before we get into it today, two things. First, if you have DraftKit or DraftKit Pro and you want access to our in-season product, email support at establishtherun.com and we will get you upgraded to in-season. Again, in-season covers all our projections, ownership projections, Silva's matchups, our shows, tons more. Also, I know best ball season is sadly over, but our friends at Underdog still have action. Weekly snake draft tournaments, live final in Miami, lots more. Promo code ETR for matching deposit bonus up to $100. That's promo code ETR at underdogfantasy.com. All right, start with the Arizona Cardinals here. I want to get to Kyler in a second, but I find it somewhat comical that like Jonathan Gannon is already getting ridiculed as like the next dunce coach of the Cardinals. I'm not ready to say this guy is a dunce. They put out this video everybody's making fun of him about, about the fire in your belly or the, or the fire in your gut and all this stuff from Jonathan Gannon. Meanwhile, for competitive reasons, he says, he will not name a starter between Josh Dobbs and Clayton Toon. My whole thing on this, Evan, was you want to not go with Colt McCoy? It's totally fine. Clayton Toon and Josh Dobbs have like no experience with this team. Like none. I mean, they're walking in like, meeting these guys for the first time. And so, I don't know. It just seems weird to me. But Evan, any thoughts on Cardinals here? And then I know we need to talk about the Kyler stuff. Yeah, I think, I mean, I think that there are like increasing indications that Kyler Murray isn't going to play very much or at all this season. And his future with Arizona Cardinals is like in serious doubt. The one thing that and I, I um, already wrote up, Arizona, Washington. The one thing that really stood out to me when I was writing them up is that the interior offensive line for Arizona is just going to be horrendous. Elijah Wilkinson, Jalty Froholt, and Will Hernandez. I mean, it's it's going to be really bad. In week, in week one, they go up against Washington, who has a, a bunch of studs on the interior. It's just going to be a long season for this team. And I wound up almost investing zero in this team. James Conner was on the shy away list. Marquise Brown, you know, when he would fall past his ADP, maybe. But yeah. other than that, I mean, I, I I didn't wind up with very much Rondell Moore, Moore or anything. And I still think that Michael Wilson, their third round pick, might open the season in two receiver sets opposite Marquise Brown. Yeah. Uh, so one thing on Marquise Brown, they could trade him, man. I, and – Marquise Brown like begged yeah. his way out of Baltimore. And that was a mistake, man, because he went to this dumpster fire that's Arizona. And now it does not look great for Marquise Brown. I'm kind of hopeful that he gets traded. The other thing that I would say on the trade front is um, Zach Ertz. There is absolutely no reason for Zach Ertz to play for this team. Let Trey McBride get out there and develop him. That, that's really what I want to see. And I'm optimistic that the Cardinals are smart enough to do that. I'm just curious, Evan. I don't even know if you, know if you thought about this. Who would you rather have, Caleb Williams with what we know now, or a completely healthy Kyler Murray? Absolutely, Caleb Williams. Okay. And I, I don't even think that it's close. Okay. One other thing I wanted to mention is that 
I've seen the Cardinals beat writer saying that Greg Dortch was the most consistent receiver in training camp and the preseason. And I mean, I, I like if he plays in front of Rondell Moore in week one, I don't think that anybody should be surprised. Oh, that would surprise me, but maybe I shouldn't be, I, you know, maybe I shouldn't be. Um, yeah. Okay. By the way, the trade deadline is November 1st. I'll talk about another wide receiver here later in this show. That is a major candidate to get traded by November 1st. I think. Atlanta. So I didn't mean to like start a whole uproar here. Yesterday, I was just reading The Athletic. I was going through reading everything like I normally do. And I come across this thing on The Athletic that says, you know, Josh Kendall, who covers the Falcons for The Athletic, said, uh, you know, he wouldn't be surprised if Pitts is fourth in targets based on the way oh. he's been used. And then I, I don't think he even meant it. I mean, we don't project it like that. We didn't change anything based on that. I think like part of what we do and what we do well is understand which beat writers takes actually means something in which don't we didn't change anything we have had Kyle Pitts projected for a pretty big target share for a tight end over 22 percent this entire time he comes out later and says oh I meant I meant targets plus touches or whatever so it was all a whole story much ado about nothing I do think the overlying point though is fair that Arthur Smith gives zero f's about where a guy was drafted or how he should be used and he doesn't care what anybody thinks about how much he's running the ball or anything else. So I just thought that was notable. I do want to see if their pass rate can increase. I mean, I was getting Drake London if in Yahoo leagues, like round six, seven, eight. I mean, it's so crazy. And I, I just smashing the button on Drake London there anytime he got past round six. So yeah, I'm excited for that. Hopefully they throw the ball more. Hopefully Ritter is an upgrade on Mariota. A lot of questions though, Evan, any more thoughts on the Falcons? I know I said a lot there. Um, speaking of where guys were drafted, B. John Robinson, of course, was drafted number eight overall. The Falcons only wound up kept keeping three tailbacks on their final 53, and that is with CPAT, Cordero Patterson, dealing with a knee injury that I think is probably going to keep him out for week one. So mm. that's going to be a two-man backfield, B. John Robinson and Tyler Algier, and I'll be interested to see what the split is. I, I think that you're going to end up being right that B. John Robinson, at least in week one, is going to get like 20 touches. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Bijan season. Carolina. I mean, I know Adam Thielen had that one really good game in the preseason. I have a pretty hard fade on Adam Thielen, so that concerned me a little bit. I think Evan likes Jonathan Mingo best among this wide receiver course. So do I. So I'm optimistic or hopeful on that one as the season moves along, if not out of the gate. The one that I'm most concerned about is I have this like mega fade on Miles Sanders on. He was ended up going really late. Like he was there in like round eight sometimes was Miles Sanders. And so at that point, I was like, God, is it, it's not bad to take Miles Sanders in round eight. We'll see what the receiving role is, though. Evan, any Panthers thoughts heading into week one? Well, I like Frank Reich as a coach, and I think their offensive line has a chance to be okay. But man, this weapons cast is is pretty pretty bleak I mean 33 year old Adam Thielen you know really a really interesting rookie in Jonathan Mingo but he really was not very, like hyper productive or anything in college and then DJ Chark who pulled his hamstring late in training camp um I I you know I I think it's it's going to be a rough out the gates for for Bryce Young I, I think it's going to be tough yeah Panthers are at Atlanta Atlanta is a three and a half point favorite uh in that game on sunday bears so i know evan lives in the chicago area i mean everybody i talk to it seems like everybody's oh justin fields is, of course he's the next jalen hurts 
Uh, of course, he's the next Josh Allen. In other words, like he's the next guy that's a really good runner who's going to develop into an awesome passer. I'm pretty skeptical on that, man. I really am. And maybe I'm just a hater, but I'm skeptical he's going to take any kind of Hurts or Allen-esque leap. But I feel like we might know pretty quickly here right out of the gate bears do play the Packers at home on Sunday. Have you heard a lot of that stuff? I mean, people getting out over their skis on Justin Fields, Evan, and any thoughts on the bears? Um, I mean, people here are super excited about him. I mean, he, he's a very exciting player, but there's no question. Like he's always had this tendency to hold on to the ball too long. And in Ohio state, you'd get away with that because they have like five first round picks on their offensive line. And the Bears have dumped a, a bunch of resources into helping him. It's just they did not make it out of training camp in, in great shape because um, Tevin Jenkins, who their starting left guard, is not expected to play in week – oh, no, he went on IR. Yeah, so he's definitely out week one due to a, a leg injury. Nate Davis, who they uh, poured $30 million into in free agency, like – didn't show up for half of training camp. And apparently the coaching staff is not happy with about that. They had to trade for Dan Feeney, who was not good, to play on the offensive line. They got a rookie starting at right tackle, Darnell Wright. I I just, you know, the the offensive line, like that was one of the reasons that I thought that that I that Justin Fields would, could take a leap is because maybe that offensive line could give him an extra time to deal with that tendency that he has to hold on to the ball too long. He was still doing it in the preseason. Yeah. And and I mean he didn't he didn't look very good in, in the preseason. I'm sure that you saw those cut-ups of of, oh. Hall, of Hollis throws. It's, it's not pretty. <laughs> yeah, I retweeted the cut-ups of yeah. all of Ju- of Justin Fields dropbacks and uh and yeah, even the touchdown throws that he threw weren't great throws. You know, they're just little screen passes that were off target. So yeah, I mean, I I think his weaponry is fine though. Like DJ Moore, Darnell Mooney, Chase Claypool, Cole Komet, Big Bob Tunyon like you should be able to win with that, but we'll see. We'll see. Dallas. Uh, the goal line stuff is interesting to me. Will If they get a shot inside the five, will they remove Tony Pollard from the field or will they go with Regal Dowdle? I also want to see if uh, Deuce Vaughn, the five foot five, Deuce Vaughn gets real offensive work here. I know some people started taking Deuce Vaughn, Evan Hall in like 20th round of best ball here towards the end, which I thought was at least interesting. Evan, any thoughts on Dallas backfield or anything else? No. Um, Tyler Smith, their stud left guard, who actually played left tackle for a bunch of uh, – uh, he, he uh, last year as a rookie, and he was really good. He is injured and questionable for week one. I don't have any other notes on Dallas, though. I mean, big Sunday night game, Sunday night football, Cowboys at Giants. Cowboys are three and a half point favorite super interesting game i'm a bit surprised cowboys are favored by over a field goal there but they are expected to have i mean they on paper have an awesome defense to the cowboys lions Amir gibbs usage is gonna be interesting this is the game on thursday you know we hear this every offseason evan it's the same thing x running back is gonna line up out wide oh this guy is such a good pass receiver out of the backfield we can use him as a wide receiver it almost never never comes to fruition if it is going to come to fruition though i mean we're talking about josh reynolds we're talking about marvin jones jr we're talking about khalif raymond i mean the lions need help from jameer gibbs in the past game i'm really really curious to see how they use him here evan any thoughts on that or anything else lions yeah that's going to be the big thing 
you know, the unveiling of Jameer Gibbs against Kansas City. Massive total on this game. I think it's actually by far the highest total game on the week one slate. Now, we're again, we're we're waiting on um, uh, uh, Travis Kelsey, Kelsey yeah. news. Uh, but it looks like Chris Jones, who is an absolute dominant difference maker, is not going to play against Detroit. So this is going to be a, a start all your guys game. Yeah. Uh, if you are interested in this game and playing DFS for this game, Cody has put out a bunch of articles. Obviously, the showdown breakdown is up and all of our projections for Detroit, Kansas City. But I would also recommend reading Cody's two evergreen articles on showdown before this Detroit, Kansas City game. You can find all that in the DFS section showdown tab. Packers. So I think they're going to run like really clean 11 personnel. Like one of these teams that has the same three wide receivers and the same tight end on the field for every play. Christian Watson, uh, Romeo Dobbs, Jaden Reed, and Luke Musgrave. And so I'm curious to see how that goes. Because when teams play like that, you can get a lot of concentration. You can get a lot of fantasy predictability and upside from that. So I'm curious on that. And yeah, I have just big bets on Christian Watson to break out. I hope that... uh, it happens, and I hope that it happens right away in week one. Uh, any Packers thoughts here, Evan? So before training camp, I thought that their third-round rookie, Tucker Craft, tight end, would end up maybe eating into Luke Musgrave, their second-round tight end. But I think Luke Musgrave just lapped him. And I'm with you that I, I think that Luke Musgrave was like, he's going to be an every-down player. And we heard all kinds of stuff. Uh, during the um, uh, during training camp, uh, I, specifically Matt Schneiderman, who went on the Athletic podcast, said that Luke, his one piece of fantasy advice, fantasy advice from Packers training camp was to draft Luke Musgrave. Yeah, we'll talk. So, about, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I also, oh, do we have an injury concern on Romeo Dobbs? Yeah, he missed a bunch of time. I think he's going to be okay, but we'll okay. see. He had a hamstring issue, and and yeah, we'll we'll see. Expecting an injury report on a lot of these guys Wednesday. Um, yeah. Um, oh, one note from the preseason, Christian Watson just dominated air yard share on Jordan Love's preseason throws. Yeah. So, I, again, I, I think you're going to end up being right on your Christian Watson love. Hopefully they play at the Bears here in week one. We'll talk more about Luke Musgrave and all these Packers guys on Friday night. I do think a lot of them are in play for DFS. Uh, Rams. The Cooper Cup saga, we haven't talked to Evan since it's taken just a weird turn. I mean, if you just normally pull your hamstring, you don't go to Minnesota for a week and like see specialists. Like Jerry Judy pulled his hamstring. He's already at practice stretching with the team, working out on the side. Cooper Cup went to Minnesota. Now, you know, there's specialists up there, but there could be more going on here than meets the eye. We have continued and continued to dock Cooper Cup in our season-long rankings to the point that we think um, it's appropriate. But yeah, it's certainly concerning now. I'm curious what you think about that. And then if Cooper Cup, if and when Cooper Cup doesn't play, Evan, I'm curious how you think this wide receiver rotation goes because they do not have a lot of talent, in my opinion, behind Cooper Cup. Yeah, I'm just in wait and see mode there. I mean, I, I think I would put Van Jefferson as the projected target leader. Um, then they got Tutu Atwell, Puka Nakua, the fifth round rookie who made mm-hmm. some noise. Ben uh, during training camp, Ben Skoranek, who they like trust, he's probably gonna end up playing a ton. And then Demarcus Robinson, who made the final 53. And, you know, obviously he's been around. So uh, I, I, I drafted um, a, an FFPC main event team with Pat Thorman, JJ Zacharyson, 
Davis Maddock and Rich Rebar, and we were elated to get Cooper Cup at pick number seven. Yeah. And just the air came out of that balloon pretty quickly. I, I have him down to number 18 overall. Yeah. In the 150, and I'm not even sure that that's low enough. Yeah, we have him down to 26 overall in the top 300. I mean, it's just it's just scary right now in Cooper Cup. And my main concern actually on this for Cooper Cup, even if he gets back in, let's say, two, three, four weeks, like if the team is bad and he aggravates this or tweaks this at some point, like, I don't know, man. They, they just have dumpster fire written all over them. This defense is going to be egregiously bad. Yeah. Is the Rams oh, one thing I wanted to know about Cooper Cup um, – Field Yates and Stefania Bell were doing like a back and forth about like where would Stefania and Stefania's great by the way she came on the uh, the, the podcast with yeah. you earlier this off season and um she had him like Field like made her pick you know ran through a list of guys that she would take she she would take Cooper Cup ahead of and he, like she had him down at like pick number twenty seven yeah so. And she's got that read on the on the injury stuff. It, it's a very scary injury. I mean, wide receivers with hamstring, wide receivers with recurring hamstring injuries, that, that's not fun. So my take, and I'm going to talk to Sam Sherman, by the way, our new waiver analyst, Sam Sherman. I'm going to talk to him about this coming up uh, on YouTube. But I actually think that the guy I'd want to own in managed leagues right now is Puka Nakua. I think we know Van Jefferson like isn't going to break out. I think we know Tutu Awa is not going to break out. Maybe this Puka kid, fifth round rookie, has a chance to break out. And I'm not saying it's likely, but, you know, I, if I was in a really deep league, I'd at least be looking at him on waivers. Yeah, the guy that you, you really want is actually Tyler Higby. Yeah. I, think. I mean, who he can come out the gate against Seattle with like 10 targets. I mean, like that is definitely within his range of potential outcomes. A double digit target week one. We'll be talking about him on Friday. Yes, definitely. Minnesota. Um I think it's pretty clean. My my biggest thing I'm, I'm looking at in Minnesota is like, is Jordan Addison actually going to play the Adam Thielen, Thielen role? Remember, last year, Adam Thielen was second in the entire NFL in routes run. Are they going to give that role, that massive role to Jordan Addison right out of the gate? I kind of think that they will, but I'd love to see it. Any Vikings thoughts, Evan? Alexander Madison was one of the most debated, the most hotly debated players during draft season. So I'll be interested to see, there will be victory laps taken on him mm-hmm. week one. I mean, I, I think he's going to have a monster workload. They get Tampa Bay in week one. Yeah. Monster. I agree. Monster workload. I think Ty Chandler will play a little bit, but monster workload for Madison. I agree. New Orleans. I, this was Kendrick Miller's big chance, man. While Alvin Kamara was suspended. I was like, God, during these three games, if Kendrick Miller can step in there and really play well, he could get a sticky role the rest of the season. Unfortunately, Kendra Miller has been hurt, and we don't know if he's going to play week one, which I think is an important thing to watch. Any read for you, Evan, on Kendra Miller? Anything else on the Saints? I think that Jamal Williams is going to come out. He's going to have a chance at 20 touches in week one. Um, they only Now, they, they did only keep three tailbacks on their 53, but they also have Taysom Hill. Yeah. So MP squad guys. I mean, with the rules now, you can right. you can do anything. Yeah. Yeah, I know. It's, it's so annoying. Um yeah. yeah, I don't I don't really have anything to add to that. Uh how does Michael Thomas look in week yeah. one? I think it'll be interesting. Yeah. And by the way, they did list Taysom as a quarterback on their uh depth chart. I know some people tweeted me questions about that. I don't think it means anything. They have to give everyone a position, like it just doesn't mean anything. I still think they're gonna use him in that, you know, gadgety type role. I don't know, Evan. Did you have a different read on? Taysom Hill being listed as a quarterback by the Saints? No, I did notice that on FFPC, yeah. 
they changed him from a tight end to a quarterback, you know, when everybody was drafting him as a tight end. So yeah. you're just kind of shit out of luck there if you drafted him as a tight end. I mean, he, he's a drop. He's a drop. Yeah. Can't use him at quarterback. Yeah. Right. Giants. I'm, I feel like to start the offseason, I was too low on Jalen Hyatt. You know, I just, just too low. I didn't put enough faith in Dable. Like if Dable drafted this guy, he has a plan. He has a plan for him. And Jalen Hyatt looked awesome, I thought, in the preseason. And he didn't use him in the slot. Only five slot snaps compared to 35 out wide for Jalen Hyatt. Now, I don't think Jalen Hyatt's going to start. I think it's going to be Slayton and Hodgins on the outside, Paris Campbell on the inside. But I do think Jalen Hyatt's going to mix in plenty. And dude can make big, big plays. So want to watch that. Also, we'll see if Wondell Robinson is active. Talk to Ron on a little bit about that. He doesn't know if Wondell's going to be active week one or not, but does think Wondell will ramp up slowly off the ACL tear, hopefully, and get to some type of full-time role later in the season. Any thoughts on Jalen Hyatt, Evan, or any more Giants thoughts? Uh, I think it's interesting that they played him on the perimeter so much when he was like a a full-time slot receiver at Tennessee, although he was kind of a – he's like a vertical slot receiver at Tennessee. I think his skill set probably makes the most sense on the outside, eventually bookending Darius Slayton. Yeah. Let's go to – Eagles, obviously, to me, one of the biggest storylines of the entire fantasy summer was how to handle Eagles running back. I slowly got higher on DeAndre Swift as things went on. Um, I just think DeAndre Swift is the one that has the chance to have two roles. In other words, pass game role and base role. The other guys, to me, Kenny Gamewell is two-minute drill, four-minute drill, pass game stuff only. And Rashad Penny is probably more base only. So I got a little bit higher on DeAndre Swift as the process went along, but I'm really curious to see how this plays out. Cause I don't think anyone knows for sure. Any final thoughts on Eagles backfield before week one, Evan, anything else on the Eagles? Um, they picked up Albert Akua Boonham. Yeah. Off, uh, uh, Albert O of course off yeah. waivers. I thought that that was, you know, a, a very savvy Eagles, Howie Roseman type move. Uh, they only kept four receivers on their final 53. Yeah, I mean, the running back stuff, you know, and the Trey Sermon. I mean, has anyone picked him up? Have you seen? Has anyone picked him up? I don't think so. I don't think so either. That was funny, though. Rashad Penny made it, of course. I still think that he could lead them in carries. But the the week one distribution will definitely be interesting to, to watch. San Francisco 49ers. George Kittle kind of popped up with his groin injury lately. We'll see on his status. Seriously, though, I mean – one of the most talented teams in the entire league. But I do think George Kittle matters a ton for them because he obviously doesn't just do it in the receiving game. He's probably the best tight end blocker in the entire league. Evan, any 49ers thoughts for you heading into their game, going across the country to face the Pittsburgh Steelers? Um, I, the, the continued ascension of Brandon Ayuk, I think will continue this season. Um, you know, and how does Brock Purdy bounce back from the injury? It sounds like by all accounts that he's doing really well. Um, now, I mean, I don't really have I – don't, I don't have any great notes on the 49ers. Yeah, and I think Eli Mitchell is healthy too. And um, yep. I know that Jordan Mason got some buzz and everything, but I really do think Kyle Shanahan likes Eli Mitchell the most. Dude just can't stay healthy, like, ever. But I do think that Eli Mitchell can get seven, eight, nine carries uh, in a game here as Christian McCaffrey is used in a more versatile way. Let's go to Seattle. The JSN wrist thing, like, um, 
I think he has a real chance to play. I think it's going to come down to the end, but I think he has at least a chance. So we're certainly keeping an eye on that. Obviously, Kenneth Walker versus Zach Charbonnet will be very, very interesting to watch. Anything else for you on the Seahawks, Evan? Just all in on, on this offense have been since we started doing this stuff. Yes, we need the Seahawks to come out firing. They host the Rams. I mean, couldn't ask for a much better right. spot in week one. Come out five-point home favorite against the Rams, 46.5 total on that game. All right, the Bucks. Everybody just like left the Bucks for stone dead. No one wanted to draft Godwin. No one wanted to draft Evans. Rashad White was going in like the eighth round. In the NFC and in this NFC South division, is it that crazy to think the Bucs can win like seven or eight games? I honestly don't think that it's that crazy. Now, now, that's not what they should be doing. They should be tanking because like the best they can do is just be like one of these bad teams that somehow sneaks into an eight-win season. They should be tanking. They should be trading Mike Evans. And given the, all the contract stuff we've heard lately about Mike Evans, he demanded, he wanted an extension, he didn't get it. Trade the guy. Get You got to get draft capital. By the time the Bucs are good, Mike Evans is going to be like 34, 35 years old. So I think that's a no-brainer to trade Mike Evans by the trade deadline. Maybe he fits with like the Jets or something like that uh, at the trade deadline. Evan, any Bucks thoughts heading in to the season here? Trey Palmer, their six-round rookie, wound up winning their third receiver job. This dude ran 4-3-3 coming out of Nebraska. He's just going to be like a lid lifter burner. Um, he probably isn't going to get any many targets or anything like that. Uh, Cade Otten, I thought, wound up being a little bit of a, a, a steal in Agreed. tight Agreed. end premium. Agreed. Um, but no, we, we covered it. Oh, uh, oh, uh, the uh, uh, Rashad White. So, w- was it their running back, running backs coach that was uh, talking about him? Offensive or coordinator Canales. Dave Dave Canales. Yeah, yeah, their new offensive coordinator was talking about how we have one fantastic back and then a, a, a bunch of mids, and like Sean Tucker. The undrafted rookie wound up winning the number two running back job. You know, he he's like a late round dart yes. that I I think that you could keep on your bench in, in deeper bench leagues. Yeah, I haven't had a strong take on Rashad White, but he's been so polarizing. Anytime I tweet yeah. about Bucks backfield, there is a war in my mentions between Rashad White truthers and Rashad White haters. Like there's a ton of people on both sides of Rashad White. I do think the opportunity will be there uh, for Rashad White, though, regardless, it's up to him if he can execute on it. I agree with you on, on Kate Otten. I thought Otten and Trey McBride were the two best like last round tight ends uh, in best ball. And I'm, I'm excited to see how it plays out for both of them. Last one. Yeah, we're gonna but do but, but uh, Canales was talking up Rashad white. Like yes. he thinks he's like a future star. Basically what Canales said is we have one fantastic back in Rashad white. And then we have a bunch of very good backs is what he said. And that's kind of a nice way of saying, yeah, he thinks Rashad white is better than the other guys. So yeah. Last one we're going to do here today is the Washington football team, the commanders, obviously Brian Robinson versus Antonio Gibson. And this is going to be a massive story for DFS also because they're home against this Cardinals team. My opinion is still that Brian Robinson will be ahead in touches in terms of valuable touches like catches and stuff like that. Obviously Gibson projects better there, but I'm somewhat optimistic that Brian Robinson can catch some balls or get some opportunities as well there. Terry McLaurin toe thing is a huge thing to watch coming in. Mm-hmm. to this game Evan any more thoughts I know we've talked a ton about commander stuff this offseason any more thoughts on commanders here yeah I think that we'll be talking about the commanders on Friday because Sam Howell to Jahan Dotson could be a thing especially against a really 
not good Cardinals defense, which uh, I, I, I'm pretty sure that the uh, Washington-Arizona matchup is, is already posted. Um, and I, I talk a bunch about that. Yeah, be sure to check out all of Silva's matchups. You can find those on the site right now under Silva's matchups home page. All right, that's going to do it for all of the NFC teams. If you missed the AFC, that is on the episode prior to this. Evan and I will be back on Friday night with Wiggins to talk through the DFS slate for in-season subscribers. See you all then. For Evan, for Producer Luke, I am Adam. Good luck, everybody. Mm-hmm.